Yo, what's up, guys? Happy, happy Friday. Hope you had a good week and you're ready for some weigh-in action. Uh, we will go to PBC's channel in just a minute here. They're about to start their weigh-in coverage. Um, we're just waiting for them to go live. So let me share my screen and go over there. We'll put that over in the corner while we talk. And hopefully, uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, hopefully uh, right now I'll kind of minimize them because we're waiting for them to go. So um, we'll see what happens. Still waiting. Eh, I don't like, let's see. No, I like that. All right. Anyway, get on the chat and uh, let me know what's up. Also, phones are open. So if you guys want to call in and discuss, we could do that too. Comster in the chat says, Mike Frunkus. You'd have to be an Opie and Anthony fan to understand that. Man, I was just listening to E-Rock jingles today, bro. Um, I listened to like two hours of E-Rock jingles while I did some work this morning. It was awesome. And OJ22 says, love the Friday shows, Mike. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, by the way, go ahead and click that thumbs up. That way uh, you guys help me out. That's the best thing you could do is hit the thumbs up and tweet this video out, share it. And I'll post the audio later on my um, on my podcast platforms as well. So we'll get that done. Uh, what I don't know about this weigh-in, and you see we're still waiting for them to go live. These things always go late, always. Um, I don't know if they're going to get right to the main event and then do the undercard stuff. That's what I'm hoping. Or if they're going to you know, do the entire undercard, then go right to the main event. My thought is they're going to go right to the main event, which would be awesome. We'll get to see that, and we can see uh, how both guys look. And where they come in, I won't be able to share audio, I don't think. But uh, I'm just see, I'm just pulling up fight odds right now. Want to give you guys the latest odds, and of course, these things change. The late money changes. Let me see. I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Manny Pacquiao minus three sixty. Your Dennis Ugas plus two eighty. And then, uh, do you guys really care about the undercard? I mean, the odds are so bad. What's interesting, <clears throat> Robert Guerrero. Minus 150 versus Victor Ortiz, plus 125. The closest damn fight on the card, according to the odds makers, is the opening fight of the broadcast. Although, I think they're going to make this the co-main. Um, it, it's it's listed as the opening fight, but I think they're going to make it the co-main because a lot of people watching are going to be watching for that fight. But Guerrero-Ortiz is the closest matched fight on the card. Carlos Castro is an 1,100 betting favorite, minus 1,100. Oscar Escondone, plus 700. And Mark Magsayo is minus 270. Julio Ceja, plus 220. Um, and those are two featherweight fights. And as I've said in my podcast earlier this week, Mark Magsayo and Carlos Castro should be fighting each other on this card. If these people involved were smart, that's what uh, the fight that would be happening. Instead, they're both in showcase fights, especially Castro. Go figure. Uh, he's the PBC prospect. That's what they do over there. Uh, Robert Guerrero, though, Victor Ortiz. Dude, that's a fight from 10 years ago, and they're fighting now. So, I mean, there's morbid curiosity for me to see that fight and to see the craziness that ensues when those two get in the ring. But, yeah, so uh, Pacquiao. Minus 360, Ugas plus 280. And the latest I heard was that the over-under is 10 and a half. My feeling is bet the over 
because Manny hasn't knocked anybody out in a long, long time. And Ugas has just enough craft to stick around and, and go the distance. Although I do favor Pacquiao to win this fight. Uh, CJ Duncan with the super chat, my man. Thank you so much, CJ. He says, uh, first round on me when you get to Vegas for Canelo Plant. Yes. Yes, we should talk about that. Uh, Canelo Plant is a done deal. Apparently, the differences they had the first time around. And looking back, who knows? That might have been all bullshit that they just said to the media because they wanted to delay this thing. I don't even know what to think anymore. But let's give credit to uh, Caleb Plant, PBC, Al Heyman, Canelo Alvarez, Eddie Hearn, Matchroom. Uh, I was going to say the zone. <laughs> Fox pay-per-view. Everybody involved, uh, the MGM Grand, for getting this done. It's going to go down, what, November 6th, I believe, is the date. Uh, right at the beginning of November. I think it's a pretty good date. Uh, Canelo, I guess, fights in November in Vegas now. What is this, the third year in a row he's fighting in November? Or somewhere around, you know, the end of the year like that. So, um, oh, yeah, I'm rocking the Canelo Alvarez cap because uh, of that fight. That, that fight came through. So, I thought it'd be appropriate to rock that cap. So, uh, hey, we already got a phone call. Let's jump right to it. Uh, looks like we got a UK caller. Cool. We'll jump over to the phones right now. Uh, 771, you're on the show. What's going on? Hi, Mike. It's Jordan from Worcester in the UK. Jordan, what's going on, man? Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you doing? You okay? Doing well, brother. Doing well. Yeah, I was just recording him because obviously Pacquiao's fighting this weekend, but I saw Dave Moretti is judging the fight. Oh, yeah. That's his seventh Pacquiao fight in a row, which I found very strange. Yeah, you know what? Let's look up Dave Moretti because um, he is long past his due date. I just want to look up his actual age. He started scoring fights in 1977. I'm just looking at his resume right now. Isn't that crazy? 1977. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm 30, so I was born in 91. He was judging fights 14 years before I was born, even. So, yeah, he's around. judging fights before I was born. I, I was born in 79. So he's judging fights before either one of us are even born. And he's had a couple of uh, poor scorecards. He's really become an establishment judge for the house fighter there in Nevada. And that's why I think that we, we might see some craziness, Jordan, because remember, this is Vegas, and the WBA is involved. So who knows what we're going to see tomorrow night? Well, I was, I was just coming on to the WBA because I saw um, they've done a few orders this week of some of their interim titles and regular titles uh, ab uh, abolished, basically. Uh, they stripped Rigondeaux and they stripped Figueroa, and they've made a couple of fights as well. Do you think the WBA are serious this time about getting rid of their titles or do you think that it's going to go back to that once, once the heat is off them that's honestly what i think um because several years ago i can't remember the year it might have been 2015 2016 they promised that they were going to clean up their titles then jordan and they've doubled or tripled the amount of titles since that time i think right now the heat is on because of this this judge because of the terrible scorecard from all three judges a couple of weeks ago but the one particular judge who tweeted out, you know, idiotic tweets that were very, very offensive. 
and they're they're having to kind of save face right now. So they're trying to put on a good image. But if I had to guess, this time next year, there's still going to be three or four champions per division with the WBA. I'd love to be proven wrong, though. Well, the funny thing is, although that, that woman uh, has, has proven to be similarly disgusting and so on, the two other judges are about thanking their lucky stars that that came up because it's taken the heat completely off them. And nobody's talking about their two shitty scorecards that they handed in. <laughs> That's a really um, good point. But, but on top of that, I saw today uh, on, in World Boxing News that um, Fox's promoter said that he's not going to go for the rematch with the WBA and he's going to go for a different fight. So I think that rematch is, is off, really. I don't think it's going to happen. Really? I didn't see that. Okay. Uh, doesn't surprise me. I, I think that, um, I mean, that was such a one-sided fight. I don't think the rematch would go any different. Maybe it'd be slightly more competitive, but I, I, I don't think we'd have a different result in the end if they did the rematch. Yeah, literally that is the worst decision I've seen. Um, and I, I remember the Holyfield Lewis one being pretty bad, but that was even worse. Um, I just couldn't believe it. But I'm glad that you did that um, that rant a couple of weeks ago on your show um, <laughs> I was actually listening to the podcast version uh, and my girlfriend could hear and she thought she thought you were angry and um, <laughs> we were about to have a stroke you were that angry uh, so yeah um, my wife yeah, heard um, me upstairs after after I did that one my wife was upstairs cooking dinner and I came upstairs and you know I'm in a studio I'm downstairs in the basement of my house and I have soundproofing all around me uh, so it's hard to hear me up there, but she could hear me yelling and she's like, what's going on? Is everything okay? And I had to explain to her, I was just ranting about shitty judges in the WBA. Good times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on your show. Um, and I'll call back in uh, next time. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, thanks for that. Thanks a lot, man. Have a good one. Have a good weekend. Thank Enjoy you. the fight. Bye. All right. All right, Jordan, that was the first time he called in. I know uh, I've been chatting with Jordan on Twitter for a long time, and that was his first time calling in. So it's cool. I love when we get first-time callers. We had a first-time caller a couple Fridays ago, maybe a month ago, actually. It's been a while since I've done a Friday show, uh, Fight Doctor. He ain't called back. I wish I want him to call back because I thought, you know, given the recent news, maybe he will call back because he called about the Canelo uh, plant situation. Remember that? But, you know, that's a guy who goes on other shows dissing me all the time. He doesn't like me. But I want people who don't like me to call in um, as well. I mean, I'm glad you guys who support me are calling in, obviously. But we chat every week. I want to hear from people who disagree with me because it's fun to chop it up with them. And, and my hope is that, um, you know, we can have a dialogue and kind of meet in the middle somewhere. So hopefully with that fight doctor call, we got somewhere with that one. And and I'd be interested to hear his point of view if he were to call into the show today. Um, <laughs> Mitch says, we need a round table with Fight Doctor and Dwyer. Hey, I like Dwyer. It's just, man, his, uh, his speech patterns are not very entertaining. He speaks very slow, okay? 
And he, he, you know, he, he, remi- he reminds me of that guy on Office Space, uh, the manager. I can't, Lumberg. He reminds me of Lumberg on Office Space. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I like Dwyer. He seems like a cool guy. It's just he's very monotone. Uh, but Fight Doctor, yeah, I've heard some of his calls over on the Ringside Reporter Show. And I'm not, I, I don't know the guy, you know, I'm not trying to dis, and I, I don't, know if he, he 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 writes he works in media i don't really know but um he man he seems to have a lot of anger and and, and bias in him um and i don't know if he's aware of it you know uh so anyway we won't make this about him uh mitch says i need your tps reports damn you that movie was actually on earlier man that that's just that's just a fun movie yo that's a fun movie and anyone who's ever worked in the office can relate to things in that movie. They could have did it even better. There's a few other elements they could have added, but if you've ever worked in an office in that environment with like cubicles and shit, like I've been there, I, I've worked in places like that in multiple cities, and you feel like a rat. You feel like a rodent stuck in a little maze. It, it's you know, and I have all kinds of crazy stories. I could probably write a movie about some of the shit I saw working in an office like that. Don V says, 1977, back when boxing was amazing and uncomplicated. I miss those days. Yeah. It had its issues then. It's always had its issues. But, man, we look back at that era. Yeah, I was talking to somebody today. I'm sorry, yesterday about that, um, about Ray Leonard and uh, Thomas Hearns. You know, when they fought each other, people don't realize, especially, like, newer fans of the sport, that are used to guys milking it till they're like 33, 34. Then they start taking challenging fights. You know, their first unification fight is, you know, 10 years into their career. Um, those guys, Leonard and Hearns, I don't remember their exact age, but I want to say one was like 22 and one was like 24 or 25. They were in their early to mid 20s. I know Hearns was younger by a couple of years, but they had only been title holders for a, a year or something like that. Like it's not like they had been defending for seven, eight years before they took on a real challenge. You know, they didn't milk those titles, man. And they were young guys. They didn't need to fight each other at the time, quote unquote, need to do it from a business perspective. They wanted to fight the best. But here's the thing from a business perspective, what happened was the fight was so good. And then there were subsequent fights for both guys that were also great fights. It made them stars. It made them the pay-per-view superstars that they became later on. The only guy that was a star coming out of the amateurs was Ray Leonard. But guys like Hagler, Duran, Hearns, and even other fighters in that era that became very popular, they weren't the stars Leonard was when he came out of the, uh, the Olympics. So they had to earn it, if you will, with those big, big fights. And these guys were doing it in their early 20s, bro, in their mid-20s. Now these guys get a title. Look at Deontay Wilder with the WBC title. He got that in, what, 2015? He milked that shit for years. You know what I'm saying? Defense after defense. And then finally got fed to Tyson Fury. But they they thought that he was a chump. And they thought that that was going to be the easier fight between him and Anthony Joshua. And it, it just backfired on them. Uh, you know, it doesn't always backfire like that. But um Costa <laughs> says, as Patrice would say, that's a white guy movie. Hey, man, I, a lot of my black friends love Office Space. Everyone loves Office Space. It is a pretty white movie, though. Alexander says, hit the like button, people. Yes, hit the like button. 
Joey R. Chapa says, you think Canelo's numbers will go down on PBC? That is a good question. Very good question, Joey. And that is something that people are going to be watching very closely. Now, can we trust the pay-per-view number reporting? I don't know. I, I mean, I was I, I put a poll on my Twitter page right now, uh, just a few minutes before going live, maybe an hour or something before, asking you guys what will be the pay-per-view numbers for Pacquiao Ugas. Because I think they reported uh, Pacquiao Thurman at like 500,000, which was a bloated number. But even like, let's just take it at face value. Okay, let's go with it. 500,000. And then Pac's fight before that against Broner, they said was 400,000, right? So, so uh, he's still right there, still doing more pay-per-views than Errol Spence, Gervonta Davis, the Charlos, any of these other guys in boxing because um, Canelo's been on the zone. So of all the PBC guys outside of Deontay Wilder and, of course, his fights with Tyson Fury, Pacquiao's still doing the most pay-per-view buys, you know, in that universe. He's still a huge name globally. What kind of numbers will he do against Ugas? You know, um, I, I don't know, man. He, Ugas is not the name that Broner or Thurman were at the same time. I think boxing fans are really thirsty right now because there's been shit all year. There's been no big names. Canelo fought earlier this year against a really unknown fighter, Billy Joe Saunders. It's not like Saunders was this big star here in America, not even over where he's from in that part of the world. He's known, but he's not a star. And 73,000 fans showed up to see Canelo Alvarez in a showcase matchup where he was, you know, I don't know, a five to one favorite or something like that. So um, boxing fans are starved for something, right? Big name fighters. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe that will help this fight trend a little bit. You know, uh, we shall see. Yeah, Jordan says 400,000 buys. I think that's a pretty good estimate. Twal says three to 400,000. And see, guys, so if it does, let's say right around 400,000, it's going to be reported at half a million. Because what, they're gonna, what they want to do is they want, they reported the Broner at 400, the Thurman fight at 500. They're going to want this to trend up. So don't be surprised if you see reports that this fight did 550 or something like that. Um, and then you hear from industry insiders saying eh, it did more like 400. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, okay, so weigh-in right now is one of the undercard fights. So they're going to make us wait. You bastards. So um, they're late starting the broadcast and it's late. But let's see. We've got, it uh, looks like Escandone and Castro weighing in first. For those of you who just jumped on, I was talking about the odds on this card. And um, this fight has the widest odds. I want to say Castro, who looks like he got some cupping done recently, uh, is an 1,100 betting favorite, minus 1,100. Trey Anner in the chat says, why is Canelo Duck and Boo Boo? Uh, there are still people out there saying that on Twitter. Why is Boo Boo and Charlo not fighting each other? That is the question. All right, let's see here. I can't play sound. I don't want to be hit for copyright or anything like that. But uh, Escondone's a stocky dude, man. Let's see. Uh, we got, uh, it looks like he's on weight. We'll find out. I'll play audio over here. 
Let me know. Can you guys hear this audio that I'm playing on PBC's YouTube? Can you guys hear this? I don't know if this comes through on your end or not. All right, both out late. Castro looks ripped and ready. That's probably going to open the broadcast, I'm guessing. What's funny, man, is um, I think, you know, for those of you who are on right at the beginning, you heard me, uh, you heard me say that uh, the fight between Ortiz and Guerrero, that's the closest fight on the card. The betting favorite is a Guerrero slightly. He's like a minus 150 or something. So it's very, very close. And it's like crazy that the closest fight on this card is the fight that should have happened a decade ago. Crazy. Steve in the UK says, I'll be very surprised if it does 350 to 400. That would be impressive for a late replacement fighter. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, all right. Look at the height difference between these two. I looked at Oscar Escandone's uh, resume. I have forgot like how many of these types of, of matchups he's been in in uh, recent years. He's really just kind of been used. Alexander says, Boo Boo is the least menacing name in boxing. Yeah. Hey, remember Calvin, the boxing banker, Brock? That one was good. Ty, Big Sky, Fields. Some of these names. Trey says, undercard is lacking. Spence is also a draw and he's missing. Yeah. I'll split the difference and say 300K for the pack fight. I think three, 400K is right in the wheelhouse. That seems to be what most people are expecting. All right. So you guys are saying you don't hear the audio for this way in. Okay, good. I I'm hearing it. So I'm getting the audio cues, but I, I don't want you guys to hear it because then I'll definitely get hit for a copyright. But I believe I could show the video because they're showing it on their YouTube. So if it's, it's fair game. Uh, so I don't want to get myself in trouble here, but uh, Hamed says, I thought Victor was beginning to give uh, Mayweather trouble before he lost his head and Floyd looked flat footed, but was winning rounds before the controversy. Yeah. Victor Ortiz had a good moment for a good chunk of a round before he lost his mind and became an idiot. He calls himself a big tree. That's him. I mean, he said that. I'm not saying it. Joseph Perez says, hot take. Jimmy Lennon Jr. as a ring announcer isn't as bad as people make him out to be. He's no Michael Buffer, though. I like Jimmy Lennon Jr. as a ring announcer. I, you know, some people that diss him, I don't, I don't really get that. I think he does a good job. He's just, what I like about Jimmy Lennon Jr., all right, like is on weight, or sorry, Seha's on weight. Um, so Maxayo should be on weight, too. Um, but with Jimmy Lennon Jr., he's just smooth. He doesn't try to like overdo it, overpower anything. He doesn't put a trademark on it. He just does his thing, man. Nice and smooth. I like his uh, delivery. So here's the guy who should be fighting Carlos Castro. 125 and one half for Mark Magsayo. So... Both featherweight fights opening up this card are not very good, but um, you're taking names that, you know, Mexican, uh, one guy's Mexican, Oscar Escondones from South America. 
they're kind of being brought in uh, to you know beef up these prospects. That's the kind of matchup you'd see like on a, a showbox card or actually showbox matchmaking would be better. Showbox would match these two featherweight prospects against each other. That's what we'd see on uh, Showtime or Showbox, I should say. Now, several of you guys in the chat saying you like Jimmy Lennon better than Michael Buffer. I, I can absolutely see that because Michael Buffer also uh, on Twitter can be kind of annoying on social media. And he makes it a little bit too much about himself. And Jimmy Lennon just kind of shows up. And again, man, he, he just he's smooth on the mic. Doesn't make it about himself. Um, I, I like his delivery. I, I really, really do. And it's a super nice guy. Um, me and my wife, we've met him, and he's just really nice. Um, you know, I think he took a photo with my wife and, you know, took a few minutes and talked. Michael Buffer is not really like, he's not that kind of guy. Mitch with the comment, he says, uh, I like that there's a family legacy and story with the Lennon with Lennon and the buffers. Yeah, me too. It's pretty cool. They're they definitely come uh, from boxing families, if you will. All right. Two fights down on this way in. Here we go. Guerrero and Ortiz are about to hit the scales. Let's see how they weigh. This is like, I talked about that. You know what? I'm going to pull this up on my, uh, I'm going to pull up Victor Ortiz's box rec real quick because I talked about this on my show this week, the statistics here. I, I got to say it again. Victor Ortiz, last fight was in 2018, okay? So almost three and a half years ago, Victor Ortiz. And he had a draw with Devin Alexander. Um, but I'm looking here, going back to his fight with Floyd, which is in 2011, Okay. He from that, including that fight with Floyd, he is three, four, and one in his last eight fights going back to 2011. Let's see. Victor Ortiz on the scale 148. 148. They're going to allow that? I guess it's cool. He looks a little dry, but. Let's see with Robert Guerrero here. Joseph Perez says, what year is it? <laughs> yeah. 146 and three quarter pounds for Guerrero. I will say this. Guerrero looks better to me. He definitely looks more relaxed. His face looks better. Uh, Ortiz looks a little stiff, a little dry. He came in heavier. So uh, I got to say, I'm not, I'm not a weigh-in bro. But I, I think that uh, Guerrero definitely looks better. He's definitely more relaxed. Uh, let's check out this stare down. These guys are consummate pros. They've been there, done that. But for Ortiz, man, he's been so inactive, man. Yeah, Ortiz is, looks a little sunken in to me. Yeah, Robert looks like he, he's comfortable. He could fight right now. Victor needs like he needs to drink some Pedialyte. But Robert Guerrero, okay, going back to his fight with Floyd, which was in 2013, he is, let's see, one, two, three, five and five in his last 10 going back to 2013. So both of these guys, their records are right at 500, or in the case of Ortiz, under 500, going back like the last decade, right? 
And neither one of them fought in 2020. Ortiz didn't even fight in 2019. Um, Guerrero did against journeyman level opposition. But just when, when you look at that, it's crazy that they're throwing the two of them in the ring here. And that tells me that, and remember guys, this fight was on the, this undercard when Pacquiao was fighting Spence. It's not like they just threw it on now because Ugas is a part of it, right? I think they knew, Heyman knew, the PBC folks knew that they, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. We need to get a couple of Mexican-Americans on this card. The, you know, they know who they're marketing to. Hello. Um, so they want to get that contingent buying in. Um, to For my Mexican-American listeners, viewers out there, let me ask you guys, does this fight make you any more likely to pay for this pay-per-view? And for any of you guys out there, I want to ask that question. Because, um, again, look, man, 20, the early 2010s, interesting fight. Early 2010s, interesting fight. But right now, yeah. Although these guys are so far past it, it might make for a fun fight. Sometimes when you see these old dudes, you know, it, it's fun because they've they've lost a step and all they've got is their, you know, shitty attitude. You know, their old man, everything hurts attitude. <laughs> I'm just looking up. Uh, Ortiz is 41 years old. All right. And let's see, Robert Guerrero. He is, how old is he? 38. So Guerrero's younger. Okay. Man, Guerrero's going to win this fight. He's going to win this fight. Uh, wow. So a lot of you guys saying no. Wow. That's a hard no from like, from like five or six of you straight up on the chat here. S. Gonzalez. Nah. Alexander. Absolutely not. Mendeli. Nope. Joe Perez. Nope. A Reds, nope. S Gonzalez, I don't like funding PVC. Twal, weak co main. A Reds, no more pay per views. I hear you on that, brother. Victor is 34, isn't he? I just looked, hold on, let me look it up again. Let me look it up again. Let me see. Victor Ortiz. No, man, they list Victor Ortiz. Uh, oh, you know what? You're right. Shit. I looked at I looked at total amount of fights is 41. He's he's 34. You're absolutely right. Thank you for correcting me on that, Alexander. So it's interesting, man. Guerrero is actually the older guy, but I, I just have this out for based on what I saw, and I am no weigh-in expert, okay. But based on what I saw, Guerrero looks a little better to me. And he just looks like he's more, a little more well-preserved. And I know I've actually seen Victor Ortiz out at bars drinking and shit when I lived in L.A. Me and my wife once were at um, Lala's. Lala's, great Argentinian place on Melrose in Hollywood. Uh, we didn't go to Hollywood a lot because I stayed away from that, that area. But um, just like East Hollywood, like the beginning of Hollywood, we go there. And Lala's, I love that place. Um, and I, I saw Victor getting loud up there one night it was hilarious it's funny I've, i bumped into a lot of guys out like that getting drunk oh man good times i've seen oscar out tearing it up oscar de la hoya larry merchant on the chat all right larry awesome he says you guys get your pants took down on pay-per-views nearly a hundred dollars 
I'll never moan about paying 20 pounds again. Very, very true, Larry. I didn't know you were British, Larry. Interesting. <laughs> uh, I love your, I love your uh, profile pic there, Larry. I know exactly what moment that photo was taken. I think most of us do. Yeah, you guys, your pay-per-view structure over there is set up much better. You have more pay-per-views to deal with, though. You actually do get more pay-per-views than we get here. But the price over here is ridiculous. Actually, Pack Ugas should only be 80 bucks, right? Let me look that up. Let's see. Oh, $75. Wow, you're getting a $5 discount, everybody. It's $74.99. Now, is that... They're not trying to pull that standard def shit, are they? Okay, yeah. It's going to air Fox Sports pay-per-view and YouTube pay-per-view for $75. And, oh, yeah, here we go. The Okay, the over-under is 10 and a half rounds. Still, apparently, that's what I see here. And let's see, there's some more odds I can give you guys. So I told you before, Pacquiao is minus 360. Ugas plus 275. The over-under is 10 and a half rounds. Pacquiao to win by decision is plus 110. Pacquiao to win by KO is plus 175. A draw is plus 2,000. Interesting. Ugas by decision plus 400. Ugas by KO plus 1,000. So the draw bet, 2,000. I don't know, guys. If you got a little money to put down, the WBA is involved, PBC, eh. a lot of their welterweight fights ends in draws. You get 2,000? I don't know. Some of you are going to take that bet. I can see it now. Uh, let's see. Yeah, a bunch of you guys in the chat saying the price is ridiculous. I hear you. Mitch says, what's with the fight poster? Why is either guy throwing from seven feet away? They found photos from who knows what fight and threw it on there. And I don't I, I've seen far worse fight posters. My thing with that fight poster, I don't like it because it's kind of dark. I want a bright fight poster where the fighters really, really pop. And, and this poster to me doesn't pop, but that's just me. <laughs> Julio Cesar Martinez in the chat. Yeah. Wow. We're getting all the celebrities in the chat today. He says, uh, the undercard is amazing. You're right, Julio. It is absolutely amazing. This is probably the best undercard I've ever seen. Trey says they're punching each other's gloves. A red says fist bump. Yeah. That's kind of what it looks like. Alexander it's pumpkin spice season. It really does look like pumpkin spice, by the way, I don't drink that shit. Do any of you drink that shit? What, I always hear about this pumpkin spice. What is it, coffee or, or tea? I've never had it. Is it any good? Is it worth it? I, 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 I've never tried it. Ahmed says, what the fuck? Those are fake accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man. Those are fake accounts. That's the real Larry Merchant. He's chilling over in England right now on the chat. And Julio Cesar Martinez. I didn't know he spoke such good English. They're both on the chat. Those are not fake accounts. Mandeli says ESPN top rank has the best promo picks. Yeah, it's look, it's all about who you hire for that stuff. And some promoters hire, you know, kids that will do work for free. Others pay people. It is what it is. 
Trey says pumpkin for the win. Welcome to the South. Okay, so is that a Southern thing, the pumpkin spice? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. So, uh, Trey, you grew up down here. Is is that like is pumpkin spice a Southern thing? I, I guess I have to try it. But man, a bunch of you in the chat say, "S." Uh, let's see. Uh, well, hold on. Let me get to a boxing question here. Olaf or Olaf the Mighty says, "Do you think something suspect about Spence pulling out? Even with the bad eye, he should easily win this fight. Maybe he's faded. You know, I, I don't, I don't like the conspiracy theory thing, Olaf. And I take him at his word. I take him at his word that this is a legitimate injury, and um, it is what it is." All right, so now there's more stalling here. So they're about to put up some promo package that they're going to make us watch. I don't give a shit about this. I think, guys, this is probably related to foreign TV. Um, They're trying to delay so that they can get it set up for foreign TV, I guess, the the main event weigh-in. So we're still waiting. Now they're showing promo packages. So there's some sort of delay um, eye gate. I Mandela says eye gate. Trey says apple picking and pumpkin flavors, huge Southern thing all the way through Thanksgiving, man. I did not know that. I, I know so little about the culture down here. Like I, I know like they fry everything. They fry pickles. They fry Snickers bars. They fry everything down here that I've learned. Let's see. Yeah, a bunch of you guys in the chat are not down with the pumpkin spice thing. All right, so Hamed's asking, do I, am I taking calls? Yes, sir, I took a call before. Is that you on the line? Well, we got both fighters about to jump here on the scale, but I'll jump to a call real quick. I might have to cut you off, though, to talk about the weigh-in, but I'll jump to a call. Let's see, 796, you're on the show. What's up? Hello, guys. Hamed. got a couple of questions. How's it going? Good, man. Good. All right. That's good. To I just wanted to ask a couple of questions. First question is, regarding the Terence Crawford and Sean Porter fight, that's, I think, due for a first bid today. So, question was, if um, if a deal isn't reached, what happens then? Uh, the second question, I'll let you get to it before I jump off, is regarding all these PBC pay-per-views, do you think if they just kept, uh, I don't know, Pacquiao, Pacquiao's fights on pay-per-view and say they only put on one other pay-per-view, which I think was the Wilder Fury fight, do you think that would have been a good um, maybe way of giving a lot of these fights more showcase? Because I think they've overdone the pay-per-views, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, as far as the first one, Hamed, um, with the purse bid, anybody can bid on that. So if they can't find a deal that goes to... Uh, that goes to purse bid, anybody can bid. So Eddie Hearn could bid, um, any promoter, Golden Boy could, you know what I'm saying? So uh, Triller could come in again and try to pick that up to go take it to Triller. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. But also, Porter's side can pull out as the mandatory if they don't want to be in the fight. All right, hold on. Ugas is about to what? walk to the scale. Let's see what he weighs here. I'll let you guys know. He looks ripped, man. Long arms. 
147 even for your Daniels Ugas. He looks ripped and ready. Looks pretty good. Looks real good. Um, and Hamed with the pay-per-views, I man, I agree with you. They're overdoing it with the pay-per-views. They've been doing that for a couple of years now. And they wanted to have more of them this year. All right, Pacquiao's going up to the stage, rocking his socks with his boxers. Doesn't look as ripped as I've seen him before, but 146. 146 for Manny Pacquiao. He's still pretty damn jacked, I got to say. But all right, anyway, uh, Hamed. Um, yeah, does that make sense with the purse bid that anybody can jump in? Yeah. Yeah. So what happens if, if say no one bids or they put the polls out? Do they go to the next mandatory or do they just call the fight off? But there's no mandatory defense. Uh, I've seen both happen, actually. Um, I I don't know exactly if the WBA has some sort of stipulation, but they could go to the next highest-ranked person, and that, and that would be the mandatory. And then Crawford would fulfill his mandatory obligation fighting whoever that is. But, yeah, it's really on Porter in his side. So if PBC yeah. doesn't like the money that's going to be involved, they might withdraw, and that would be 100% on them. Uh, Crawford's going to, you know, according to the WBO, Crawford can't pull out of this. He has to fight him, you know? So, yeah. um, we'll see what happens. Unless, unless he moves up. Yeah. Unless yes. he moves up to fight, I don't know, Brian Castano, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, regarding that fight then. So if, uh, if Porter doesn't like the deal and see someone else bid, then it'll just go to the highest bidder in it. That's how it works. Uh, the whole Chris bid. Yes. Yeah, there's a minimum bid to get in. I, I can't remember what the minimum bid for, for this is, but there's a minimum bid, and that's really the only rule. Uh, you have to put down a deposit. I believe that deposit is non-refundable. So if you jump in uh, and you win, you're going to give up some money if you don't come through. So people are protected. But, um, yeah, there's a minimum yeah. bid, and then the winner puts down a deposit, and then that's that. So, again, Triller could jump in. Anybody could jump in on this. And it, it would be interesting if yeah, somebody like that did, because it's a good fight. Yeah, his own could uh, come in, Trilla, because he's not on ESPN or Fox, and I think the zone or Trilla, so, I mean, you never know, another third party could come in. But I remember something happened with the Gavosnik and Adonis Stevenson post-bid, and that was one of the last times, I think, there's a mandatory which went to a post-bid between, uh, I think it was Top Rank and Al Heyman's PBC. I can't remember what exactly happened, but something controversial happened. But I think the WBC were involved as well. Uh, the WBC and Adana Stevenson, they bailed him out so many times in those situations. I, yeah, I can't remember all the details, but uh, it, there's yeah. been a couple that got kind of funky. And, and uh, yeah, I think given everything that's happened in 2021, I would expect some craziness out of this situation, Hamed, uh, because it's just yeah. the way the year has gone, right? So. You know, the, yeah. people will be paying uh, close thing, attention. Yeah, that, that we should find out. So, uh, one thing regarding Pacquiao, if if he wins, do you think um, do you think he should try and fight? Uh, if he can't fight Spence, do you think he should try and fight the winner of Crawford Porter? Because I, I don't know if the Crawford fight will happen, but say if Porter's to beat Crawford, then Porter and Pacquiao would not be a bad fight. But I don't know if that's a big enough fight for him to take. Yeah. If he beats Ugas, it's a bigger fight than Pacquiao Ugas, you know. So, um, 
<laughs> you know, um, if you look at, I, I think, I think Pacquiao and Porter would be a bigger fight. Assuming if, if, if so you're, you're, you're saying if Porter beats Crawford or if Porter yeah, pulls out. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, if Porter, he beats Crawford, that's one yeah. of the biggest fights that could be made in boxing at that point. And then, you yeah. know, then honestly, what I think you'd see is a rematch between Spence and Porter. Because then it, you know, that that's what PBC wants is Spence to end up with all the titles anyway. So I think that's probably what you'd see in that situation. But if Porter beats um, Crawford, that's huge. And he becomes a major, major player and he's going to have crazy options, whether it be Pacquiao, whether it be, uh, be Spence. Yeah. And if Porter wins, it's not really close, is it? Mandatory nope. uh, fights. I don't think Yeah. So. Especially if it goes to purse bid. Now, if if they work out a deal between them before the purse bid, they can write in a rematch clause and all that kind of stuff. But if it goes to purse bid, then it's the WBO rules. And then, yeah, it'd be a one-off, a complete one-off. All right, so that's interesting. So same with Teofimo Lopez and Cambosis. Uh, yeah. If Cambosis wins, then... All right, all right. I never knew that because I know the purse bid situation... There's a lot of uh, what is it, different rules uh, come into play, but hopefully the Crawford Porter fight happens because I think Tom Green or someone was saying, and he said he had someone else, I think it was uh, Large Pugmar, I can't remember. He said that it looks like Spence will be out for a long time, so I'm not sure if Spence and Pacquiao will happen. So if Pacquiao is going to fight on, then I would like to see him fight some of the other guys, but I got a feeling. If he wins, I think he might end up fighting Mikey Garcia because that was the fight they were trying to make. Uh, I'm not sure if many people would be that interested, but it's not the worst fight, but I don't think it's a fight I want to see personally. Yeah, I don't either, but that is a fight that they could go to where there's a certain fan base built in that they can make some money, go to pay-per-view. So it wouldn't surprise me to see it. it you know, a lot of – everyone's kind of waiting. Now that Canelo plant is done and that fight's happening – um, you're going to start to see some other deals come through now. Everyone was kind of waiting for that to go through. And now that that's a real thing, other deals are going to start getting made for the fourth quarter, even maybe uh, early 2022. So um, I, I'm with you, Hamad. I, I hope that fight happens. Crawford and, and Porter, it's a damn good fight. It's a yeah. great matchup. And I, I actually think Crawford's going to win that fight pretty decisively, and it's going to surprise a lot of people. That's just what I. That's how I see it. Yeah, I, I favor Crawford, but I'm not sure about stoppage. Maybe not stoppage. Crawford at that level. Yeah. But it wouldn't, and, uh, it wouldn't shock me, but yeah, I, w- I, w- I think he's just going to win wide on points. He's going to look better than Spence looked. Yeah, that's possible. I think it's possible he stops him, but I don't know. I've seen Porter take some big shots from Thurman, Spence, even Cal Brock, uh, Danny Garcia. At the same time, I think Crawford arguably is harder than those guys, but yes, sir. Based on resume, I actually I think, think he does. Yeah, make the argument. Yeah, but on resume, is hard to tell. I think the only welterweight he kind of uh, emphatically stopped uh, was Neo, close to his prime. I think was Jeff Horn, which was a good win and good performance. But outside that, a lot of the other guys he fought, like guys that can't brook, they've seen better days. So. I'm not sure. He still is hard because the way he knocked out Brook and even Khan, even if they were past their prime and they washed up, he showed he could knock guys out with one punch. But 
We need the guy that Porter in his prime. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to see uh, how the fight plays out. But I'd probably pick Crawford to win that. Maybe on points. Uh, but I'm not sure if he's really going to be at that one side of a fight. But it's possible. And one one last thing I was going to see regarding the Pacquiao Ugas fight. Uh, if Ugas wins, is there any certain sort of rematch clause in this fight? Or does anyone, same as the Caleb Plant and um, Canelo fight? Because BBC now got Pacquiao fighting on on the network and they got Canelo fighting. So if they say if they're both to lose, is there some sort of rematch clause in the contract or not? I don't know. I, I honestly do not know. I have not heard anything about a rematch contract with this particular fight. As far as I understand it, it was a one-off, right. and I don't think they would change the contract at the last second, bringing Ugas in. Uh, and Ugas would have no kind of um, – there might be a rematch clause on Manny's side, but I I don't think so. Manny really doesn't do rematch clauses. You know, he never really did. Yeah. So – so that means then Canelo signed the one fight deal as well. Then uh, that I don't know. Rematch close that. I will tell you All this: right. they're being very tight lipped about that Canelo plant deal right now. It is very hard to get details. I've asked around. The last contract, there was stuff that was being leaked to the media about it. Um, some things went on the record, some things didn't, but. I'm starting to wonder if that was all just nonsense to to delay this thing and push it out because they didn't want to go up against some other events in September uh, from both sides. You know, I'm starting to wonder because this time around the, the information is not being leaked. You know, even Coppinger, he's not tweeting things per sources and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Right. So they're being very tight lipped both sides, even the side that talked a lot last time, which tells me um, I think a lot of that stuff before was just nonsense. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of people like the fight up the, the application and they were going after one party or the other. I think there's a lot of fans going, putting blame on one side or the other. I think you can blame both sides, but I thought it's Caleb Plant always team that deserved more of the blame because I don't think, yeah. I don't think he was uh, off the word. Uh, he had much of an option. It looked like uh, that was on the PBC, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see that fight, this fight as well. I think they're both good fights, but I'll leave you to it. Enjoy the fight. Uh, it should be a good fight. Uh, yeah, I think, I think possibly so. Because Pacquiao is coming off a long layoff, so you may have to, you know, uh, be in, be fighting a top fight. Because I think uh, Ugas is a good opponent. But we'll see, and hopefully we get a you know, fair decision if it goes the distance as well. Sounds good, Ahmed. Have a good one, man. Enjoy the fight. Yeah. All right. Catch you soon. All right. All right. You too. Ciao. How does it? Yeah. Trey Adner says winner of the main event fights the winner of Guerrero Ortiz. Holy shit. If that happened. Oh my God. Uh, Mike Lee asking, what's the number to call in Mike? Look right behind me, brother. Boom. Right there. 213-267-7787. If you're in the UK, there's a toll free number for you as well. All right. Let me jump to some more calls here. Not going to talk much longer guys. So let's keep these calls quick. All right, let's get right to it. Let's see. Um, jump in here and grab this one. 847, you're on. What's going on? Hey, Mike, how's it going? Good, man. How you doing? Is this Rich? No, it's me, the fight doctor, brother. Ah. Me, Rich, man. Yeah, what's up, man? <laughs> I thought that was hey, you. how you doing? Good, man, good. Yeah, man. 
No, nah, I just want I'll, I'll make it quick, man. But I uh, just want to let you know I'll be um, I'll be heading to Vegas tomorrow morning for the fight. So I'm pretty excited about that. Damn, dude! Uh, so you're just doing like a one day in and out? You're just going there Saturday and leaving Sunday? Pretty much, man. I'm, yeah, because I, I have a busy schedule throughout the week with work and other obligations. So unfortunately, I was only able to do it like a last minute thing. But okay. um, I'll be covering the fight for um, East Side Boxing. So like I said, I'm definitely um, excited to cover the fight. As far as the fight itself, I think uh, I think I was expecting a good fight. Um, I do see Pacquiao um, winning the fight. Um, by, by decision, like an unanimous decision. But I, I do think Mugas um, will give him some problems throughout the fight because uh, he's a solid fighter. Um, as far as the undercard, yeah, it's not it's not too solid at all as far as the undercard. So, But my my real type of goal is to see Pacquiao uh, fight in the, in the ring live. I've never seen him fight live before. So, like I said, I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. And... Uh, this could be the, who knows. This could be the last time that Pacquiao enters the ring, depending mm-hmm. on how he performs. Because he is forty-two, and you know, at any time, you know, he could just get old overnight. So you never know. That's always, you know, kind of something to look forward. You know, look forward or into is that we have to see like how he performs still at this at an older age. Right. These guys can just get old overnight, and that could happen. So I, I figure. I'm not gonna miss the opportunity to go see to see the fight live. Because despite Errol Spence not being the original opponent, I'm still excited about it. Um and just kinda of wanna to touch base here real quick. I know I didn't I didn't get a chance to talk to you uh last week, but um regarding the um I don't know if you talked about it, the, the Rigendahl Casimero fight. Um uh me personally I scored that fight for Casimero, a close fight. Um and I think you nailed it, honestly, uh, Mike. That it was it was running by Rigondeaux. Uh, mm-hmm. Anybody that says that it was clean boxing or you know science and all that, that was not the case. This wasn't a case of like um, you know Floyd, you know, outboxing Canelo or you know right. Cornell Whitaker outboxing Julio Cesar Chavez, even though the fight was a draw. You know what I mean? It wasn't those type of um, fights, you know. Um, it was more of Rigondeaux. Yeah, he made Casimiro miss throughout the fight, but he didn't. He didn't respond back. You know, he didn't. He didn't counterpunch like he normally does in past fights. You know, so in in a, in a case where you get a fight like that, uneventful, not that many punches being thrown or you know or landed, you have to give it. To, in my opinion, the guy that's being who's trying to make the fight and he's being the aggressor. Maybe not effective, but he was putting more of the effort at the end of the day between the two fighters. So yeah. that's why I felt that Casimiro um, won that fight. And my two cents on on the Casimiro fights, uh, Nolito Donier. Casimiro didn't show me anything that he could beat Nolito Donier at all. <laughs> so, I agree. Um, I think that I I think that's a fight Nolito Donier would would win. Um, I think he just doesn't. Well, Casimiro didn't really do. You know, he didn't. Couldn't even cut off the ring with Rigondeaux. I just don't think that he would. Even though I, I know he's been calling out like um, Donier in, in uh, any way, you know, basically saying that they're scared to fight him. But I don't think that's the case at all. Um, I think uh, I think Donier uh, beats Casimiro if if they revisit that fight again. If 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 they, I do think it. they will. So. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. And um, really quick, I, I I just tuned into your show. Did you um, what? Did you have your final prediction for the uh, Pacquiao Uga fight? I know they just they just had the weigh in right now. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna bet the over. The under over is ten and a half rounds. And I if I if I were a betting person, I would bet the over, and I'd take Pack by decision. Um, if he stops Ugas, I think that'd be a really okay. impressive win. Yeah, it's, it's always it's always possible. I mean, we lean more towards decision because I know, like you know, Pacquiao's really got a lot of um, knockouts to welterweight, but we'll see. It, yeah. it, it could happen. And um, and really quick regarding the uh, Canelo plant, I'm not sure like you talked much into that fight. Now the fight's being made. Um, I so I mean, of course, anybody that says that. Canelo was scared of plan, whatever. I mean, that's all that stuff's out the door now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now that fight's going to become a reality in November. Um, I just like for that one, Canelo. I see Canelo. Actually, I see Canelo stopping Caleb Plant in that fight. I just don't think. I don't think any of these guys at super middle middleweight. Um, I just don't see him in, in the, the level of um, Canelo. Um, in he doesn't really have the power either, the, the Caleb right. Plant, to you know to stop um, Canelo or stop him on his tracks, make him think twice about coming in or something like that. Even though you can outbox a fighter, you don't necessarily have to have the power. I think I saw a tweet someone put put that that you will know, Plant could outbox he doesn't necessarily need the power. But we, but Caleb Plant is not on the level of Canelo or you know or an elite Floyd Mayweather level. You know what I mean? So I don't see I don't see Plant, you know do anything to to canelo i see canelo winning that pretty pretty comfortably that fight i agree with you man i just unless caleb plant has some amazing higher gear that he's just been hiding from all of us all these years because no one's pulled it out of him none of his opponents yeah you know it, it just is it's not there he hasn't fought anybody on this level it's going to be a little bit of a shock to the system mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so yeah i like i like canelo big okay. time okay and for for uh, tomorrow, what do, what do you think is going to happen between the Robert Guerrero and the Victor Ortiz fight? Yeah, man, the fight from ten years ago. I think Robert Guerrero is going to win. I know. <laughs> he just he looks fresher to me. He just so looks too. better, bro. I got to go with Guerrero on that one. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird that they pull that fight together, though. Kind of like. Kind of out of the blue, you know, and it's a I think they did it. The pay per view card. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's for demographics, bro. I'm gonna be straight up honest, and I'm just gonna call it like I see it. I think they were like, somebody yeah. was like, let's get two Mexican Americans on the card to, uh, to, to beef up that fan okay. base interest. I think that's, you know, I hate that kind of thinking, but I think that's what it was because there's no other reason why this fight should be on this card, man. Let, let's be honest, you know what I mean. So um, that's it's what I think it weird. was. It's, it's a demographics thing. Okay, and then you. Um, what do what do you what do you think? What kind of numbers the fight's going to do? The pay per view card. So I was saying earlier on in the in the broadcast, I was saying like maybe four hundred thousand, some somewhere okay. around there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's about right. I think four or five hundred is about right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, Mike, I don't want to take too much of your time, man. I just want to give you a quick call. Like I said, I had to shoot in and out. But, yeah, definitely be, um, 
give me give you some updates through social media on the fight when I'm out there. Yeah, please do, man. Uh, and we'll take tweet out there. tweet out some photos and videos yeah. of like the crowd scene. Like I'm always curious about that stuff. And that, call into TNC Monday and just let us know about your experience yeah. and, and how things are ringside and just the the vibe in the, in the place. You know, I'm always curious to hear that stuff. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't let um, – it's a me, but they didn't let any, any audience for the for the weigh-in, correct? So I was watching some of the coverage right now. It didn't look didn't like it. Like they're, yeah, I, I didn't really pay yeah, much attention. I don't, I don't but, know. That's the thing. I, yeah, you know I why? I won't find out how the atmosphere is down there. So. Yeah, they um, – because I'm just thinking from all the emails that I got you know, from them over the last week or so with the fight week schedule, they didn't mention it being open to the public at all. So I don't know, man. Maybe it was closed mm. off. I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, because I didn't see any, even like when they had their arrivals uh, on Tuesday, I think it was like at the T-Mobile Arena. I didn't see any type of crowds there or anything. So Yeah, man. Kinda, it's, it's just a different I, world, man. Kind of makes you wonder what kind of a, it kind of makes you wonder what kind of a turnout's going to have um, tomorrow. So, You'll have to let us know, brother. We'll and, have to see. And I'm curious, yeah, if you get sure, a chance, man. talk to people because – I want to hear the people that are going, are they going with comped tickets? Are they getting 50% discount or, you know, are they paying full price? That's always the kind of stuff I like to ask people about. Cause I like to know. And that's why when people ask me about that stuff, I can give them honest answers. Cause I talk to, to people, I'll walk around the venue, man. And oh, just yeah, ask yeah, people, yeah. you know? Okay. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Definitely. We'll do that. And uh, yeah, I'll get some updates and I'll, I'll give you a call Monday. Cool. The, you know, the, All right, man. We'll save travels. Enjoy All it. Right, Mike. And we'll talk to you soon, brother. Thanks, Thanks brother. Appreciate it, man. Have All a man. good one. You too. Okay. All right. All right. We'll jump to a few more calls, guys. Ah, I thought I clicked on you. Let me try this again. Okay. 401. 401. You're on the show. What's going on? What's going on, Mike? It's Isan. Isan, what's up, man? I ain't heard from you in a while. What's going on? I know I'm always watching, but every time the show is going on, I'm probably either in my class or I'm just like with my girl and she's, you know, not letting me hop on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, big fight tomorrow. Well, we're supposed to be a bigger fight, but I'm so excited. You know, it's Manny Pacquiao, probably maybe his last fight, but I'm excited regardless. Yeah, man. When anytime Manny fights, you know, it's, it's must see. And to, to see him live is crazy. To see him train live is crazy. For me to have been in Los Angeles during his um, his run, you know, uh, for for well the, the the back end of it, I should say, um, to to be part of the the boxing beat out there and just be around that, it was very very cool. And um, if this is the last time he fights, man, what a freaking career! Yeah, what a way to go out. At least he's taking on. You know, uh, so a, a decent, a pretty good welterweight. You know, because could have yeah. been worse. Could have been somebody worse. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, at Ring, we haven't rated in the top five, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, can't you? You know, um, I was gonna ask too. Um, do you know when the first bid for Porter Crawford is? I thought it was supposed to be today, but I guess it was ordered by today. <sighs> I, I think they delayed it. Yeah, I think they did. Let me see. Let's see if there's anything on that. Um, I honestly thought it was going to be like, you know, today afternoon time. But, um, 
maybe just the deadline was today to get a deal done by, and they're going to order the first bid or something. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing as far as it being today. So I think they had to agree to everything, and it should happen really in the next week or so. It should. Um, maybe unless, September. Unless but TBC magically. Yeah, unless TBC and Top Rank magically get the deal done today. <laughs> yeah, you know, dude, nothing would surprise me in 2021. Um, but I'm almost certain it's going to purse bid because there's just – they, those those two teams do not like to play together. So um, I just want to see what happens if it goes to purse bid. It's going to get real interesting real fast. Yeah, especially with now that, um, you know, the zone isn't not to worry about paying Canelo or anything because they're not hosting the plant fight. Probably, yep. at, you know, the Eddie there, you know, more flexible schedule they got, the budget and everything. Probably to get that fight going. I just want to see it, honestly. I think, I think if it happens, I'm I'm picking Crawford by like either accumulation of damage stoppage or like a, just a, a clear wide decision. I just think he's gonna. Either way, I think he's gonna look better than Spence did, and I yep. think I don't know. I I I would be surprised if Sean made it to the final round or the final belt since he is a top guy. He's been in there with basically almost with all the top guys basically. But I don't know. It's, like I said, I think if it's a stoppage, it's like an accumulation thing. And I really think what's going to like set it up is one of those hooks when he's backing up. You know, Sean likes to just, you know, run in sometimes with head first, too. Yeah. It was Crawford. He can, he can knock y'all backing up. We already saw. So if he, you know, softball stance, he backs up a little bit, times him, and nice, one of those uppercuts, could snap his head back and get them legs going. That, that's what I see happening. But Sean's a durable guy, so I wouldn't be surprised if he made him. Made it to the um, man. I just think Crawford, Crawford, definitely has to be the big phase in that fight. I completely agree, and I think Crawford can hurt him with a punch that he doesn't see coming. You know, um, he he's not going to. Usually, what it is too. Yeah, he's not like like Bud is going to have to set up a, a big one punch knockout type of thing. He can soften him up with shit he doesn't see, and then clip him with something. And, you know, that could really be, that could be the way the stoppage happens. Um, but, you know, I, I would yeah, bet like on that. decision, but I'm with you, man. He's going to look better than Spence. And I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. And it's going to be interesting to see how people respond to that. If, if it happens, uh, because there's going to be people saying, Oh, well, Porter is past his prime or, you know, they'll say stuff like that because uh, it's going to show Crawford's level, like- man. Crawford's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. Yeah, that's what that's that's the I'm excited for. I, I hope it's a good fight, but at the same time, if if Bud goes in there and he clearly blows Sean out the water, I'm gonna be just as happy because it's finally gonna show like listen, he's been waiting years for these so called elite welterweights to step up and face him. Now it's finally happening and he's finally gonna check the show like listen, I'm that fucking guy. I was telling yeah. number one and I think he's gonna smoke Sean. And I, and that's gonna, you know, destroy all these damn areas that keep going around that. Oh, but doesn't want to face anybody like you. Come on. Dan Garcia was his man. It was number one in WBO. Somebody asked his dad about that fight, and his dad literally said, why, why is Bud worried about PBC fighters? Why is he worried about PBC? Well, it's the way it's like, dude, you, you got to be an idiot to not see what's going on. They're yeah. trying to do that out, clearly. That's well, dude, what it I, is. Like, and anybody I, that can see that, just tell their agenda. I've been told by people at PBC. I mean, they admitted it to me. And Leonard Ellerby even told me when he came here um, – uh, to Atlanta for Gervonta Davis's, not his last fight, but the one before that. Who the hell was it? Gamboa. 
because I was talking to him about it then, and he said, "Yeah, why did we don't want to do business with Crawford? We got other business plans." You know, he didn't say we're ducking him, we're avoiding him, we're scared. He didn't say that. He basically just said, "We got other business plans." Yeah, it's just a business thing. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. That's really it. Hope, uh, well, if Sean does somehow get out of that fight, I wouldn't be even too mad because guess what? I mean, you can get Virgil versus Bud because he's he's he is number one in WBO. Yeah, I saw you say that. Play, uh, machine. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, even, let's say something happens with Sean. It's like honestly, if Bud were to face Virgil, I think that's a down the road. That's going to be a better agent because I think Virgil's going to go really far. I think he's going to go way. I think he's going to age much better than Porter. So let's mm-hmm. say Sean backs out of it or something and Crawford ends up facing Virgil. And if he can beat Virgil pretty well, that's, um, I think it could be a better age win, honestly. So yeah, I, wouldn't even be I agree with that you. We got that fight instead. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see that. And, and hopefully it, Virgil's people able- will take it. They'll step up. There will be a deal reached. It wouldn't go to purse bid. None of that bullshit drama. The fight would just happen. Yeah, exactly. And you see, and, and you see with Golden Boy, that I mean, hope. Did you see the news with the WBC and uh, Mungia and Derevianchenko? Derevianchenko? No, I didn't see that. Oh, so apparently they ordered um, a fight between Mungia and Derevianchenko, which I don't know how since he just lost to Jamal, but whatever. Yeah. Apparently they're gonna have a they, they ordered a fight between them to determine who's you know the next mandatory. Which is, I mean, listen, it's, it's about time for Mungia to step up. It, it really is. He was a former champion. Agreed. There's no reason he needs to be pampered and his, his hand needs to be held. It's, he's been at 160 for a while now, you know? And yeah. I know he was, and it's true, he was in talks to fight Golovkin last year. But now that he has Eric Morales, both Mungia and Morales both said they want another fight together before they go see Golovkin. And I, don't, and I, I think they would have taken the fight, don't get me wrong. I just think that, like, yo, it's, what what more tune-ups do you need? Like, you've been at 160 for a while now. You haven't really faced anybody. And, yeah, if he faces Sergey, I guess, whatever. But it's like, you, you got to step up sooner or later. Like, you yeah. like you don't – the Rosado fight isn't bad either. But the thing is, it's like, dude, like, it, he's not even at 160 right now. And you right. literally are number one in the WBO and WBC. There should be no reason you're not stepping up yet. I feel like people aren't talking about this enough. Like, dude, Mungia is a former champion. He's not. Like, like dude, Virgil, Virgil facing Mean Machine is a bigger, is a better test than Mungia facing Zaremeda before. Yeah. Or Suleki. I agree. Like, and, and, and Mungia is a former champion. It's like, it's just like, yeah, listen, the, at a certain point, they need to, you know, take, take the chains off and let the dude loose. Like, I, I just, I just hope that play happens at least. So, there's no reason that we can't get Mungia versus Charlo because Charlo's really not doing shit either. So it's, it's honestly best for both of them. And I think that's a winnable fight for Mungia too. I really do. It's a marketable but, fight too. Both guys, fight. it helped them, especially Charlo. Um, that would be a fun fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. That, that's just, I, I don't really know. I'm not too sure about who I would pick, but judging by Charlo's last performance and Mungia's younger, Probably going to be stronger about that fight. It does happen by next year or something. Charlo, he's what, like 30, 32, 33 now? I, I wouldn't be surprised if that fight happened in 2022 when we see Mangia get that WBC strap. It wouldn't really surprise mm. me at all at this point. Nothing would surprise me yeah. at this point, bro. All right, Mike, thanks for having me on. <laughs> all right, man. Yeah. 
It's crazy. Have a good weekend, bro. <laughs> Enjoy the fight tomorrow, man. You too. Have a good weekend. All right. Oh, definitely. No fight party. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll do a fight party. We'll see. I can't drink, but um, a while. yeah, maybe, maybe I'll do that. Maybe <laughs> oh, I'll do that. All right. Up. All right, man. Yeah. No, no drinking. Nothing. You got your event coming up. I know. Yeah. Uh, well, which I'll be talking about more over the next week or so, but yeah, I'll, um, maybe I'll do that. Maybe, maybe I'll do a thing uh, on my channel and just talk and watch the fight with you guys. Hey, hopefully I'll be around to watch it, man. All, All right, right, man. Like, have a good one, bro. I'll cool. You too. All right, let me catch up on the chat here. We got a bunch of chat. Uh, Luke says, Mike, what do you think about Marcus Brown versus Dimitri Beevil? Has that been ordered or something? As far as I know, um, I didn't, uh, BC, I think the WBC ordered Arthur Baturbiev to face Marcus Brown. I think um, that's being ordered for Baturbiev. So we might see Baturbiev versus Marcus Brown. And if that's the case, I think he's going to stomp his shit in. Um, Marcus Brown's a strong guy and everything, but Baturbiev is just a monster. Let's see. Um, this is a really interesting comment here. Joe in the chat says, hey, Mike, is it suspicious that there was no 30-day weigh-in before Spence pulled out? So uh, I think this is something Thad brought up in a call like a month ago about this fight, uh, Spence, and, well, it was going to be Pacquiao and Spence, right? Now it's Pacquiao and Ugas. But you said, what about the WBC 30-day weigh-in? And then there was the 14-day weigh-in, then there's supposed to be a 7-day weigh-in. And I'm telling you guys, I asked around about this I asked several people, including people in Pacquiao's camp who I know, was there a 30-day weigh-in? And the people in Pacquiao's camp told me we didn't weigh in, so there was no 30-day weigh-in. I don't know what's up with that. I don't know if uh, somehow that was stipulated in the contract that they were going to strike that out. I really don't know. But it is. it does add a wrinkle of suspicion to this whole thing, I got to say. Um, it, it, it's definitely odd very very odd johnny boy on the chat he says pacquiao is gonna knock ugas the fuck out salute michael montero it's johnny boy on his new channel decided to get my ish together and start fresh well good luck on your new channel man um enjoy the fights tomorrow and hey look if pacquiao stops ugas that's a big win i mean people might try to underrate the win but you guys got to think, man, Ugas, taller, longer, a little younger, doesn't hit hard, but he's a, a good, sturdy, quality boxer who's learned on the job. A lot of people thought he beat Porter. Even if you thought he lost that fight, it was close, competitive. He went to distance with Porter. And uh, he, I, you got to say, Ugas is a top five welterweight right now, right? Definitely top 10, right? He'll, we'll really get a really good idea of his level in this fight, obviously. But I think you could say he's a top five. So if Pacquiao were to stop him, that's a big deal. That's a big deal, man. Matthew asked, what's up with Triple G, Mike? Triple G is sitting on his butt waiting for that Murata fight. He's going to fight Murata. It's not official yet, but he will fight Murata December 31st in Japan, Tokyo. I think at the, the Tokyo Dome. That would be a fun fight to travel to. Really, really, really would. Sean O'Brien is asking about Golovkin too. He says, what's up with Golovkin? Do we think he has Hagler syndrome? He definitely has a 21st century version of Hagler syndrome. Yeah. The difference between him and Hagler 
is Triple G stuck around afterwards and wants to stick in boxing. It, it, mostly, you know, in, in the future as a promoter and stick around in the sport. And he lined up his paper, his money with the zone. He's got a really, really good deal with them. And he's going to, you know, be, uh, be fighting on. He will fight. Let's see. Um, Luke says, Baturbia versus Beeble is a great fight. I concur. Absolutely. That's an outstanding fight, if and when it ever does happen. Aaron says, Spence does not have a retinal detachment. Look, I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out more about his injury <clears throat> as time passes. Isan says, if Mungia gets Charlo, imagine if he wins and we get Triple G versus Mungia 2022. DeZone would love that. Holy shit, DeZone would love that. That kind of be like a passing of the torch kind of fight <clears throat> for Golovkin to Mungia. And then there would be some uh, revenge maybe because it'd be Triple G going up against a Mexican fighter, a Mexican middleweight. You know, you could work in the Canelo angle and everything that happened there. So, yeah, says I'd still pick Golovkin. I don't know, man. I want to see Triple G hasn't fought. I got to see Triple G fight. I got to see how he looks against Murata later this year. So, all right, let's take a couple more calls, guys, real quick. I'm probably not going to be able to get to all of you because we've been going here for well over an hour. Let's jump to another one real quick. 530, you're on the show. What's going on? Hey, what's up, Mike? How you doing? Good, man. Um, first time uh, caller, long time listener. Oh, but, cool. Um, well, who are we talking to? Who are we talking to? Oh, uh, my name's Mike or Michael. Michael from uh, Oregon. Michael from Oregon. Cool, man. All right. I think you're our first Oregon caller. So that's pretty awesome. Oh, really? That's dope. I think so. so. Um, quick question. So Ortiz looks great. Virgil Ortiz is looking really good. Um, my dad is like a Mexican nationalist. He's telling me he can knock out Crawford and Spence. I'm like, dude, we gotta, we gotta hold back. I'm not sure if he can do that exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pump the brakes. I, I really want him versus like a Keith Thurman or like a Danny Garcia to really gauge where he's at. But he, he looks like uh, his fight last weekend was great. Yeah, man. It, look, in a perfect world, that's exactly the kind of matchup we get next, where you would see. Because he looked so good against Kavaliowskis. He had a little scare in the first round or two, but he, man, really, really quickly turned it up, showed like an extra gear, you know, that sort of thing that we just don't see from a lot of fighters. And I just think he's got real dog in him. He's got crazy, crazy potential. He lives the life of a fighter and he loves doing it. So yeah, man, that 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 kind of in-between level, a guy like Thurman, even a guy like Garcia, like you said who's really experienced, never was really as good at welterweight as he was at junior welterweight. But um, one of those guys would be great for for Ortiz. But you know damn well those fights are not going to happen, man. Yeah, true that, true that. Um, one last question, because I know you want to, uh, you got to head out soon. Yeah. Um, who would you consider the best that never was? Like, for instance, my mind would be like Salvador Sanchez. Like, when you see him fly, like, well, um, like, he, he's someone that I think, like, could have been, like, an all-time great. Unfortunately, he passed away in an accident. Do you have anyone like that? Or, um, 
yeah, you, who would you think that person is? Man, like all time, the top guy. I, I would have to really, really think about that. Um, when, when I think of something like that, I think of somebody like Felix Savon, right? Or some of these Cuban guys or Russian guys who never oh, got to yeah, even yeah. fight as pros. You know what I'm saying? So like Sanchez, yeah, he died young. He had more to do. And he was obviously going to go on to do even greater things. But a guy like Savon, uh, Savon, he was an outstanding amateur. I mean, one of the best ever in an era where, you know, boxing was still loaded. There was so much talent. So um, a guy like him didn't even get to compete. Because he, he grew up in, you know, a communist country, you know what I'm saying? So, and there are several guys like yeah. that. So it'd be somebody like that, honestly. Sounds good. All right. Nice talking to you, Mike. Um, Many Saints of New York comes out October. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, dude, finally something to look forward to. You know what I'm watching right now is um, the Cocaine Cowboys on Netflix. <clears throat> I'm on episode it's good, it's four. Good. It's pretty good. They, they overdid it with the music. They just pumped music through the whole damn show. So the direction could have been a little smoother, in my opinion. But the story is fucking nuts, dude. So so uh, definitely check that out on Netflix, uh, The Cocaine Cowboys. I think there's like six episodes. Check that one out. But yeah, man, Many Saints in Newark. And a lot of people don't know this. Moltisanti, right? You remember Chris Moltisanti? And this is about his dad, Dickie Moltisanti? Yeah, it's about his Moltisanti in Italian means many saints. Moltisanti. Moltisanti means many saints. That's where you get the many saints in Newark. A lot of people haven't figured that out yet. A little inside information there for you guys. But yeah, man, I can't wait for that one. Thanks for the show. Have a good one, Mike. You too, man. All right, guys. We're going to leave it there, man. I'm sorry. There's still several of you on on the phone. Um, I just, uh, we're running up at almost an hour and a half here. So um, call in Monday, man, to the neutral corner because we're going to have a lot to discuss. And if you guys want me to do a live fight party tomorrow, I'll do it. I can't do shots. So don't be super chatting me saying shot, shot, shot. I can't do it. I can't drink right now. I'm training. But um, we can watch the fight together. So let me know if you want me to do that. All right, guys. Um, All right. In the meantime, have a great night, and uh, we'll chop it up tomorrow, all right? Peace.